You are listening to World of Noise right here on X-Ray FM. I'm your host, Bob Ham. Each week, I take us into the vast pool of talent that makes up our local music scene, speaking with the artists making the noise here in Portland and those folks who are supporting their work. On this week's edition of the show, we're going to spend the hour with Prashant Kakad. Originally from India, Prashant moved to Portland about 15 years ago to take an engineering job at Intel. But his love for dancing and sharing the music of Bollywood with people as a DJ began to take more and more of his attention. So about a decade ago, he began the slow journey towards starting Jai Ho, a regular dance night that concentrates on Bollywood tunes and other world beat sounds to provide a place for other folks from the Indian diaspora to stay connected to the music from their home country and to introduce these sounds to the local community. In the 10 years since he has started Jai Ho, it has blown up in a wonderful way. In addition to hosting classes and workshops to teach people Bollywood and bonger dancing, Prashant is bouncing all around the country with Jai Ho, hosting dance nights in Seattle, Denver, the Bay Area, New Orleans, and Las Vegas. To celebrate the 10th anniversary of Jai Ho, Prashant is hosting a big blowout this Friday the 31st at the Whiskey Bar downtown, where he will be joined by his dance troupe and his regular DJ Ski. But before that, he was kind enough to stop by the X-Ray Studios to talk about how Jai Ho began and where it goes from here. I want to go back uh, to 2010 when this all started for you. Now, you were living here, and at the time you were working as an engineer at Intel. Is that right? Yeah, I moved to Portland in 2006. Um, after finishing grad school and um, worked at Intel from 2006 to 2009. Wow. Yeah. Now, um, during that time, especially like in college, grad school, even back home in India, were you DJing at the same time? Are you listening to a lot of music? Like, how did that all get rolling for you? Was that just all part of your life at that point? Yeah, it's been really interesting to kind of look back myself and figure out, like, how did this happen? Um, When I was in college, we used to have these... um, competitions like talent competitions okay and so musical talent competitions so it was like open format so my talent was i would sing a song and i would give people five seconds and they have to decode because the song would be a bit of a tongue twister it would have (laughs) the lyrics of one song mixed into the tune of a totally different song oh wow and they have to like decode it and sing the lyrics that i was singing to the original tune of that song in five seconds and my job was always like to make it really smooth and really fit (laughs) it well so you know like now that I know a little bit about DJing, I know how important it is to be able to like have an instinct for which songs go well together. Okay. And un- unbeknownst to me, I was working on those just out of doing this thing of mixing one song with another in my college competitions, you know. Wow. Yeah. And uh, singing to my mom was my favorite way to uh, to annoy her and bug her when she was like trying to make food, you know. So music was a very important part of my life growing up. What uh, what artists were you most interested in back when you were growing up? A.R. Rahman, um, I don't mm. know if you've heard, I mean, he, you know, he was the composer of the song Jai Ho. Right. Uh, or is. 
So uh, he was a huge influence for me. He's produced a up. lot of music. In the 90s, he was uh, really, really big. He started with jingles. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I yeah, hear and about then, you that. know, I yeah. think he, uh, he uh, contributes that work as being an important work in him for him to figure out how to make catchy tunes because he had to do it like really quickly, you know, in jingles. So. Yeah, so he was really big. Um, and then when I moved to college, um, especially at Cornell, mm-hmm. what happened was I um, I was kind of the coming from a lower middle class Indian family, over ambitious types. So, <laughs> so I showed up at Cornell uh, 18 days after my undergraduate ended in India. So I did not really have a vacation after my undergraduate. I showed up early in June and Cornell is uh, based in Ithaca, New York. It's right. completely empty in the summer and in the winter. So I showed up and I was uh, pretty much felt like I was there by myself. Wow. And... Uh, so much so that I would be like in the lab working, doing some research, and then I would like want to go get coffee or something, and I'd be in the elevator. And as the elevator uh, would reach the uh, first floor, and I would get out, if there was another human being trying to enter, we'd both be shocked. I was like, oh my God, there's another human being here. And so out of that complete boredom, I started looking to um, do things because I was very lonely. I'd never lived away from family before. Oh, I'd wow. never taken a flight. My first flight I took was <laughs> to come from India to here. That is crazy. Yeah. So I discovered dance. I discovered um, Zydeco and Contra dancing, mm-hmm. blues dancing, uh, ballroom dancing, then salsa, merengue, uh, West African. So I started dancing um, and I, w- I used to be about uh, 40 pounds bigger than I am right now. And I was very, very conscious of my body size and shape and everything. But uh, these social dances um, became a safe place for me because nobody judged me. People would just, I would be the shy person who would stand on the side and never ask anybody to dance. And mm-hmm. usually like really kind ladies would come and cajole me into uh, <laughs> a dance with them. And then slowly, slowly, I kind of, you know, let go of my shyness and, and started losing weight because of it. So then I got addicted to dancing. Wow. And um, I started collecting music. So all through my uh, 20s, I used to tell my friends that on my birthday, the only gift I wanted was a CD because, you know, we had CDs right. at one point of Back time. Back in the 90s, right? yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so this was like 2003 uh, onwards. I would just tell people um, to print me CDs of their favorite music, especially dance music. Mm-hmm. So then I started collecting um, especially a lot of Latin music because I had a lot of uh, friends from Colombia and Puerto Rico Oh, cool! Um, in uh, at Cornell. And then I moved here and I continued... Also from the Middle East. Let's go back then again to 2010 when Jaiho started. Um, yeah, you said you left your job in 2009. So was that with the intent of starting something like Jaiho or were you looking to do something else at that time? Um, what do you think? What's your guess? <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you the truth, but I want to find out what do you think? Oh my. Um, I think... Well, you said before, before we got on the mic, that you make music of your own. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that was the the thing. Were you just like going all in on a music career, trying to make music on your I, own? I, I think that was a pretty good guess. That was pretty good. Okay. That was a pretty good guess. <laughs> um, so uh, I have always enjoyed singing. Like I said, I used mm-hmm. to sing uh, for my mom. So when I quit Intel, my... Um, 
I find it funny now and in a way humorous and also kind of embarrassed about it but my my plan was to stay in the US I had money saved up enough for what I thought about 6 months I thought I could live here for 6 months mm-hmm. pay my rent take care of like you know just eat during happy hours <laughs> <laughs> take the happy hour food to go right <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh, and practice singing and uh, and then go and try out for indian idol which was uh, you know it was the second or third season in india at the time huge show over there too i huge mean show. it was pretty big here for a long time as well but over there it still is a huge show yeah because singing's a very important part of our our life mm-hmm. in india so um that was my that was my original plan i was like i'm going to quit i'm going to i had a singing uh, i have a singing teacher so i was just like i'm just going to like sit and do riyas which is like practice practice mm-hmm. practice i was decent at dancing because i was i was dancing all the time so i had a personality i thought you know in terms of like standing in front of an audience but i never got trained classically and indian singing really requires um a lot of classical training yeah. beforehand you know so i thought i can like strengthen that up and then go back to um, to india and then do this um but unfortunately my budgeting sense is not as accurate <laughs> as i thought i was <laughs> or it was so 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 what happened was i suddenly realized that i would have to kind of dip into my like very um bottom line reserve of money and like you know i come from a pretty modest family mm-hmm. in india so there's no way that i would feel comfortable asking for any money from my family right you know? so so what happened was i thought to myself and i told myself listen you have um you have now by choosing to quit intel you have let go of a physically comfortable life you know because mm-hmm. i worked my entire life very hard on my schooling to be able to get to a place where i could make an amazing salary and not have a very physically strenuous job because right. it was about the skills i had developed and i told myself now you're going to have to work physically hard you know to earn money and so um, so i was like which way do you want to go do you want to like do random jobs or do you want to do something that you already know how to do and people want you to do which was dancing mm-hmm. because i had been dancing so much it had kind of become a part of me because i was just like when i was at cornell i would go out dancing tuesday night wednesday night thursday night friday night saturday night five nights in a row wow yeah and so i was dancing like crazy and what would happen is people would make a circle whenever i would start dancing like people would come and they would just ask me for moves i don't know why i mean you know i i feel like i've made a career out of that you know <laughs> <laughs> so so i started to teach dance classes mm-hmm. and still djing was not um a thing about like taking it professionally mm-hmm. um it it just so happened that um the new year's eve before that on 2008 a friend of mine from the community because the moment i landed in portland i started singing in our community events mm-hmm. indian community is huge um and if you're listening on xray fm um i would highly encourage you to kind of explore beaverton and hillsboro beyond the food <laughs> uh, there is a lot of culture yeah. um, huge culture so on the on our first episode here we had uh to the people behind kalakendra who puts on you know a lot of indian classical and traditional music events around the area see i i love that you're doing that this, this is good this this makes me really happy good. so they are good friends of mine and mm-hmm. we we've been working together 
um, pretty much all of this time, Kala Kendra and a lot of other organizations. So I started sort of emceeing for them, doing these dances um, mm. right after I landed here. So there was a, already in the Indian community, people kind of knew me. They would invite me for when I worked at Intel, like, can you just come and play music and dance with us for our, you know, 50th wedding anniversary or 75th birthday or, you know, like, and I was like, I wouldn't charge anything because I, you know, there was, I never thought that this would be my, my profession. So I would just go and do these things, you mm -hmm. know. So when people in the community found out that I had left Intel, this is like a, this is like somebody taking a very risky move, you know, in terms of like our way of life. Like sure. we, we come here for seeking a better life and then to like just let go of that thing that was really difficult so so Indian community a uh, lot of um, my friends came up and they said you know what we want you to teach dance to our kids now that you have free time so <laughs> so they literally put together they're like uh, they're like I'm gonna call my friends and I'm gonna have 10 students for you so then I started teaching dance to little ones wow. and I was so nervous to teach that I asked two of my friends and I said can you help me um, teach dance class. So three teachers and 12 students was my first dance class. Oh man. You know, and then I started teaching teenagers. Uh, in the meantime, uh, like I was saying, I think we got, we got distracted. Uh, another friend from the community asked me to DJ for New Year's Eve on 2008, which was my first time DJing. I didn't even think that I was DJing. I was like, I'm just going to play one song after another, like I do in the cars or whatever. You know? Sure. So I did not even have a controller. I just played from iTunes, you know, <laughs> and, um, then what happened was March of 2009, mm -hmm. um, a friend of mine through Salsa Dancing, she was uh, doing a bike and build fundraiser. So she was biking across the US from Portland to New York mm -hmm. and um, um, stopping in places and raising funds for um, underprivileged housing solutions. Okay. And so she wanted to do a house party to raise funds. And she's one of those people in my life, I feel like she has this like way about her and a smile that she can just make me do anything. Like I, <laughs> I'm absolutely petrified of swimming and she can be like, you're going to be fine. It's just an ocean. It's no big deal. <laughs> and somehow I might jump in that ocean, you know, and I feel like that's really what happened because she's like, you got a DJ for this house party. And I had already felt how like stressful the thing was when I did the New Year's Eve before. Uh -huh. I was like, I don't know, man, I, I, I'm no DJ, you know, and she's like, oh, Prashant, you have all this music you're fine you're a great personality etc etc she somehow managed to like make me do that you know mm -hmm. and what was um, interesting about that was I had a free reign it wasn't a Bollywood night or anything it was just play whatever you want and I have always um, ever since I moved to the US particularly enjoyed world music like I said Contra, Zydeco you know all right. that so I played all kinds of music and people really enjoyed it that was really fun. I was like, that's great. It was still very stressful because I did not know anything about the technique behind DJing, mm -hmm. you know. So then flash forward to August of 2009 when I left Intel 
Uh, there used to be a restaurant called Pasha's. I don't know if you remember. I don't. On Fifth and uh, uh, Cooch, right next to Burnside. It was a Middle Eastern place. They oh, no, I lunch. do. Yeah. yeah, now you mentioned where it is. Yes, yeah. I do know where that was. And yeah. on Fridays and Saturdays, they would have these like international nights mm-hmm. and they would have um, Middle Eastern uh, music, European music. And really, like it was transformative. You would enter and you would think that you're not in US anymore. You're like in a European city somewhere, you know. It was really international. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And so, those DJs too I would just go and be like hey here's some new Bollywood music that's come out you know uh, if you want because I would go dancing there and I want them you know if I want them to play Indian music I was like the best thing to do is like hey here's some music so we became friends that way and so they wanted somebody to do Friday nights uh, Bollywood parties there Mm -hmm. and and they're like hey man you keep giving us music you know do you know somebody in the community who would want to do this and I was like I don't know anybody and they're like but how come you give up music I was like I don't know how to DJ and then again they're like but come on you can give it a try because they needed somebody to like boost their Friday night sure and I had left Intel and I had this free time because I wasn't able to somehow make myself sit and sing but DJing was kind of interesting for me because I had a controller uh, I bought I was like I didn't thought so much before I bought that $300 controller because I was like do not freaking waste this money (laughs) better make this money count you know (laughs) so I bought this like incredible controller it's called Vestax VCI 3 a very simple layout so mm-hmm. it wasn't too much going on and really put the focus on music and so I would just spend all night on my 20, Southeast 24th and Taylor I had an apartment that I, I lived at all night learning the knobs learning learning the things making a, a mix uh, recording it listening to it again and then at like 1.45 I would run to the food carts on 12th and Hawthorne before the uh, there used to be a, a crepe cart right and they, it was so sad when they closed yeah. I was like oh my god man <laughs> come on um, and there was a guy who loved hip hop music so then we would just like talk music and eat crepes and stuff so I spent a lot of time sort of exploring DJing I made a lot of mashups dubsteps was, was big at the time uh-huh. so I was making bhangra and dubstep mashups uh, not releasing them anywhere but just like experimenting a lot you know so um, I was uh, making a lot of mixtapes and I was enjoying Enjoying that so much because it was like nobody told me how to DJ and mm-hmm. YouTube wasn't really a, a thing in 2009 you know it was there but there weren't like people going out there putting videos tips and tricks now you'll get like millions of videos on right. how, how to de- how to do anything like not at the time so I just went about it reading the manual um, learning by trial and error what each of these things is doing and so I kind of stumbled upon how I DJ, you mm. know, because DJing is such an individual um, thing. I believe that you and I can have only five songs and we can both just DJ with five songs and your set could be completely different. Like couldn't be more, you know, different. I think um, it's very true. I think it's something that people don't appreciate about the art of DJing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I started to discover uh, my voice as a DJ um, and... Um, I was really enjoying it so much and then I would make mixes and there was a website called I Like I think this was before SoundCloud Okay. and it it allowed for you to upload mixes and I was like that child who was so excited (laughs) about this like thing that I made you know and so what I would do is I had a group of friends uh, from Cornell um, that I would send out an email to and be like, hey, you know, if you're looking for music on your MP3 player, because, you know, we had like those also. Oh, yeah. Um, here's here's some music. So one of my friends, um, 
um he was in the hotel school uh, and his wife really enjoyed dancing and so that's how we had connected and so he heard uh, a mix of mine while he was on the treadmill and he told his wife he was like man i was playing this guy's mix and like my workout today felt more joyful you know we should do something about him maybe we can like invite him over to the east coast so he called me and he's like hey man um he was a manager at the hotel or, or you know some pos- some position he said you know i i don't think i can pay you a lot but you know what i can do is i can get you a flight and maybe give you a couple hundred dollars um if you want to come uh, and play at my hotel uh, a loft um in uh, Virgi- in virginia wow and um, i was like absolutely yes i will do that and um, so then what i did was uh this was very short last minute put together so i called uh every phone uh, every nightclub that i could find uh, information about in um, washington dc in new york city mm-hmm. and in boston and i would call and i would leave voicemails and i would say that i'm coming uh to the east coast on this day but i do have this and this date available because it was only like 2 3 days mm-hmm. and that i have friends and i can bring 100 people to your nightclub um if you give me a spot you know and i'd never done that in portland to any venue actually so it's interesting <laughs> that this instinct came to me when like a friend of mine said come over to the east coast you know cuz at portland i was playing at pashas and that was about it mm-hmm. you know and so i called and left a lot of voicemails and then up until the tuesday um before i was supposed to leave i did not hear back from anybody and then all of a sudden i get a phone call back uh, from this european guy in new york city and um he uh, he says hey man uh, got your voicemail if you can bring 100 people on a thursday night i'll pay you 150 dollars if you don't bring 100 people i will pay you nothing i said deal wow then i opened a microsoft powerpoint <laughs> <laughs> first thing i made a flyer which i hope i never run into that flyer <laughs> <laughs> so, That's the way it works though. Yeah, right exactly. Somewhere. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, grace. Uh so I made a flyer, I um, uh, emailed my uh Cornell friends and a lot of them, right? Because it, the college is in the East Coast, a lot of them would stay in the East Coast for their jobs. Right. Um just a few of us would come out to the West Coast at least at the time. I think West Coast is way more um especially like Portland and Seattle is way more popular. for 14 years later yeah you know? for tech um, jobs especially yeah, yeah exactly so um so i uh, made the powerpoint i sent it out to my friends i said i would love to see you uh please come out and support um and i got 40 people to show up and i dj'd from i think 9 p.m. to like 2 a.m. or something wow and at the end of the night um the guy goes he he says you know you didn't bring 100 people so i'm not going to pay you but i really liked what you did so when my gig in virginia was on a friday mm-hmm. so he says so the what i can do for you is i will ask my saturday night dj to step aside for one night and wow. i want you to come back and spin for me and i'll pay you the same price for saturday night and i was i was like absolutely yes i'm going to do that so i went um uh on friday drove 9 hours reached <laughs> <laughs> reached virginia um went to the sound rental people rented the speakers set up um rocked that party over there then um 
uh, packed the packed the things, went back to my friend's house to sleep. Um, his daughters woke me up like two hours after I fell asleep. <laughs> 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 then I hung out with them, drove nine hours back, barely made it in time to be um, at the club before the doors open on Saturday. And I I spun from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Wow, seven hours. Um, and at the end of the night. I remember I only drank orange juice throughout it. And I remember I would like run to the restroom because <laughs> like, you know, that's what happens, right? You you drink and then you pee. Right. And I remember doing that like two, three times in that like seven hour stretch. Um, and after that, at the end of that, the guy goes, um, I was amazing because I, I received a call from him a couple months back. He's like, man, like it's amazing. You know, uh, just he was just telling me how, you know, we were just talking about our story together. Yeah. Um, after that, he goes, anytime you want to come to my club, you have Friday and Saturday nights with me. Wow. And I was, I was like overjoyed, you know, and I, I did that actually two more times after that. And then I never did that after that. <laughs> and it was because it was exhausting. Oh, sure. To, to fly to the East Coast. Uh, I prefer flying to India over East Coast. I don't, I don't like the three hour jet lag at all. And you prefer um, the what? The, what is that? A I, I prefer the jet lag? exactly. I'm like, I might as well get a ten hour jet lag, you know. Uh, but but honestly, it was because what had happened was uh, at the time, uh, from starting to teach uh, dance to people in my community, it also then expanded over to um, teaching adults in Southeast Portland. Okay. And the way that that happened, and then I was teaching at PCC and at PSU and at Reed. So I had an, a very intensive, physically intensive lifestyle where I was teaching multiple dance classes on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. So I couldn't be in New York City on Sunday and come back. I, I don't know. I, it was too tiring. That would ruin so, you. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did it two more times. And then I was like, I think I'm going to stick to the West Coast <laughs> and, and do things here. So that was that was a, a, an amazing experience for me because you know up until then I had been DJing in my bedroom and making mixes and then you know playing a, at Pasha's was great but it was also sort of like with a lot of my friends mm -hmm. from Intel and from my dancing because I would go out dancing in Portland all the time so I had a lot of friends in the community um, but when I went to New York I literally did not know a single person in that club and the booth was so like I, it was pretty much kind of like this except like maybe half of a window okay. so you could barely see who was DJing you know, so it was, there was no connection, mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of what I do now, uh, depending upon where I'm at, is a lot of like leading people into dancing or emceeing, but it was none of that. It was me, my music, and through my music, a connection with an audience. And so I really learned that on the job, DJing for seven hours nonstop, you know, uh, two nights in a row. So I realized that it was not just a fleeting passion, that there was something more to DJing for me. Then just like, you know, oh, this is kind of fun and cool and I'll try to do that, you know. Right. Because uh, I was like wanting to go to any length to to try to do this, you know. Mm -hmm. So then what happened was I um, I was I decided that I cannot do East Coast. It's too much because I have a lot of dance teaching to do. Um, and 
because I had done this in Boston, like I'd called clubs in Boston, New York and other places, I thought to myself, why don't I do that in, in Portland? Mm-hmm. And so I came back from the East Coast, really inspired that the guy offered me Saturday night, you know, um, and I called a bunch of places um, and emailed, I believe. And people uh, from McMinimins reached, uh, reached back to me and they said they would be interested in doing something like this. And honestly, I have, a, I have to give a lot of credit to them because uh, working with them kind of helped me to up my design game. It wasn't PowerPoint, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or it still was. But, you know, and also even the naming of the party, uh, Jaiho, yeah. was... Um, uh, you know, obviously I grew up with the term Jaiho yeah. because it means uh, like hallelujah or, you know, victory to you, you know, more like victory to you. So I knew the term way before the song. Yeah, uh, because if anyone listening doesn't remember from, you know, 10, 11 years ago, you know, that uh, Jaiho was a song that was in the Oscar winning film Slumdog Millionaire, which I think introduced an entire generation of people to uh, that style of music to Bollywood and Bangra. And uh, so it dovetails very nicely into this, you know, event that you were starting. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was March 2009. I was in Vegas with my friends um, for somebody's bachelor's party and we were in a big club and um, the movie had just released a month back and somebody mm-hmm. dropped Jaiho in Las Vegas in like, you know, one of the big clubs. And I remember that feeling. Uh, I, I distinctly remember where I was standing and like the joy or the, the like it felt like countries like it felt like two planets were merging you know because i literally sometimes feel like india and the u.s are two different planets and they coexist somehow on the same planet you know (laughs) so it was quite amazing so that song was very influential but i actually had reservations about naming my my party jaiho because i i felt like uh i felt like it would be um more to do with the song but it wouldn't be because for me the name Jaiho meant a lot more Mm -hmm. than just the song you know and I'm sure for the Indian community here it meant a lot more than just that one song exactly yeah so like I would have probably chosen way more Indian of a name or something you know (laughs) and 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 looking back um, potentially that name might have um, uh, how do we how do we put it not everybody likes really spicy Indian food I think a lot of people like like medium spicy sure. Indian food. You know, I, I like really spicy Indian food. Yeah. So I would have probably picked a really spicy Indian name. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> McMinimins folks uh, kind of gently encouraged me to, to pick a medium spicy Indian name. <laughs> and you know what? Like w- those things that work, we say that were, those were good decisions. Right. Know? And I, I think that this was a, a good decision on their part. So... So the first one was at a McMinimins then the first yeah, at, party. At, at Lola's room. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And what was the was it a fairly good crowd there that showed up for the first one? So we had five hundred people. That's not bad, I gotta say. That was that was amazing. I was blown away by that. Wow. Yeah. 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 So 
this is an amazing story you're telling is this, this very organic growth of both your career as a DJ and as a dancer and a teacher as blown up into this, you know, big thing where you've got, you know, this company, uh, Bollywood dreams entertainment that you're in charge of, or at least co running. I'm not sure who's responsible for all of this. Uh, and you're running events, uh, regularly here in Portland, but then at, you know, you're doing events in Denver, you're doing events in the Bay Area, up in Seattle. Um, was that also an organic growth where it were just people coming to your events and going, you know, hey, you would be great, you know, come to my town and do a show there, put on something there. How did all that come together? How did it start growing outside of Portland? Yeah, um, thank you for your compliment about how it's become really big. I honestly think that... Um, I think I'm more big in real life than like if you go on like <laughs> like if you look at Portland Mercury or Willamette Week when was the last time anything was written about it or anything none of that you know I think I'm more big organically it's okay. people who have come to my events and they feel the vibe and then they go and tell their friends and family and that's what's been like most beautiful about me for this journey is that I think it's I have communities mm -hmm. you know everywhere I go it's a community it's a vibe and it's a culture that we have brought, you know, to right. the scenes. So what happened with that was, uh, so I started doing uh, parties in Portland. Jai Ho happened in January. And then in February, uh, with one of my really dear friends, Purnima, we went to, um, to Seattle for a Bollywood night. Um, and we were just dancing. And on the way back, Purnima goes, Prashant, why don't you do something in Seattle? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I've never thought about it. And... Um, so, and it's just a three hour drive, you know, and, yeah. and to be honest with you, I, I always say this, thank you, Portland for um, keeping my dream alive. And thank you, Seattle for paying my bills. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I do parties in Seattle, I get 500 people every single time, Wow, four to 500 people every single time. And if it wasn't for Seattle, I would not be able to sustain myself as an artist, you know. So that started fairly right after that. In April of 2010, I had my very first uh, night. It wasn't Jai Ho, because mm -hmm. I was collaborating with with somebody from Seattle and um, he wanted to try something different like a different concept and I, and I was flexible you know of course I you know when when I was growing up in India my dad's salary was like seven dollars a month so I'm a survivor I'm mm -hmm. like what do you want you want to do you want to call it Bollywood Beats all right let's call it Bollywood Beats you know <laughs> um, for me it's so much more about like bringing music to the people right so we tried that um, and that we did a few shows about that and then I think it wasn't really working out so October of 2010 10 at a little red studio there was a cute theater um in seattle mm -hmm. and we started jai ho there um and um it was a, a musical theater place and after when i had my dj nights we would convert it so we would literally i would uh, rent a u-haul i had i had attached a thing to my honda civic you know so i would rent those uh, i don't know what you call it like a just those trailers like a trailer yeah, yeah, yeah attach a trailer i would take my own speakers and i didn't even have speakers i would rent speakers so i lit for two years i did shows where i lost money basically <laughs> is what i'm trying to say but i would bring my speakers bring my lights set up a party and then i would do uh, parties there in seattle and i loved 
you, the reason I kept going even when it was really tough is I loved DJing in Seattle because mm-hmm. the people there ha- a lot more Indian people so we had a very similar sensibility about music so I could just explore a lot more in terms of like you know throwing in older Bollywood stuff or newer you know mix it up and so it was the, the energy was very infectious mm-hmm. so so I started doing that um I lost that that place shut down and luckily and and this is this is kind of bizarre but um one of the promoters from Seattle somehow felt really threatened by what I was doing and had called almost all the nightclubs that she uh, owned uh, owned as in she had such a big party that basically she had a lot of power mm-hmm. so she had called these nightclubs and said if you work with this guy I will not bring my party to your venues and so i would call clubs and they would say sorry we we don't have any dates available or whatever they would give some reason and then i called this club called chop suey mm-hmm. and um, and i spoke with the guy and he said you know what man and this is how i found out because he told me that she has been blocking you um because we had reached out 2 months before and we had not responded but but then right. he said you know what she hasn't brought her party to my club for 1 year so so i don't know let's just try it so so that's how seattle opened up for me because chopsuey is a legendary place and yeah. I, i feel so honored that i i held a residency monthly there for 3 years uh, on the third saturday and so that's kind of how that started okay and so i was doing um uh portland lola's room a uh, first and last saturday and mm-hmm. then third saturday in seattle okay and that went on for 2 3 years and then after that um somebody i kind of taught djing to somebody named uv a good friend like a brother to me mm-hmm. uh came to my party really loved it wanted to get into djing so i taught him some basics of djing then he had to move to la and he said you know i would love for you to come here and do something in la very cool so then 2012 we started doing parties in la If you're just joining us, I'm speaking with Prashant Kakad, a producer and dancer and DJ who is behind the monthly dance nights called Jai Ho. He's celebrating the 10th anniversary of Jai Ho this Friday the 31st with a big blowout at Whiskey Bar where he will be joined by the Jai Ho dance troupe and resident DJ DJ Ski. Ke main hu hero tera Ke main hu hero tera Ke main hu hero tera So you've gotten yourself into LA by this point. Mm-hmm. Um and when like Denver's an interesting place. Like how did you end up working on shows and parties in Denver? Yeah, so uh, what happened was uh, LA uh, 2012, then I kept doing maybe two or three shows a year, not more than that, uh, in LA. And then 2016 I was supposed to um go on a 10-day meditation course. It's called Vipassana um um or Vipassana and um I had opened up my schedule I thought with everything all the dance classes everything blocked and like that I was going to be gone completely no phone service nothing and there was one thing that I somehow had missed and the person said no way we cannot cancel it you have to cancel your meditation course and all of a sudden I had 
just this one thing to do and 10 days free um and i like to keep really busy with work like mm-hmm. i'm like always always i just want to be involved with work and i did not have work to do so out of boredom in those 10 days came well how about um you know what's happening in other cities are there bollywood nights happening you mm-hmm. know um and you know already non-stop bhangra in san francisco instant karma in san francisco and a few different places had uh, been inviting me as a guest dj okay so you know i was and by god's grace um whenever i would go and dj i would just somehow again form that community where people would reach out to me and they would be like when are you coming back we really want you back and so I had very limited data but I knew that at least a few people really strongly wanted me to DJ you know okay. so with that in mind with that conviction and honestly also the need because I found uh surviving purely as an artist um in Portland to be very difficult financially I think you know so out of that need and out of the fact that people were asking me I just started researching to figure out what's happening in San Diego uh what's happening in in San Francisco in Vegas and and then I had made friends in my Indian DJing community and so with one of my friends um Harshal we did a party in San Diego 2016 March and that one blew up it was amazing um so I I've, I've been doing San Diego shows since then uh, I've done monthlies for several you know months at a time mm-hmm. and then sometimes I get busy trying to do weddings <laughs> in the summer time you know so then I cut out the monthly and uh, by again like I'm I'm so grateful that the the community kind of understands and they're like okay we're waiting whenever you come <laughs> you know so I did a Sunday night show uh, and I had a sold out show in Sunday night uh, part of my new year's eve tour in San Diego so oh, like a wow. really powerful strong community Uh, I tried Vegas for 6 months man. I was DJing for 400 people in Seattle, 200 people in Portland. I would go to Vegas and I would have 20 people. And I would literally spin from 9 p.m. to like almost 2 a.m. because even those 20 people wouldn't want to leave. They're like we want to <laughs> dance all night long, you know? So 20 people and me we would dance uh, all night long. So I tried Vegas I, and Vegas didn't really work. Uh, it's a very different market, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but then uh, san diego worked really well san francisco uh, bay area was amazing i started in san jose in 2016 also mm-hmm. and it, that was also again a coincidence i was there for instant karma which is another company they had hired me and i observed that there was a guy to my right when i'm djing i become really aware of like who's like the energy because like it's for me it's all about the vibe like right. where is the energy and the vibe at and how can i um sort of meet it harmonically and still sort of like go where i want to go you know so i just become real. so i knew that he was like in the corner watching me and it wasn't somebody <laughs> just like you know dancing it was like somebody watching you know so i went and said hi to him i'm, I'm a pretty friendly guy I, i like to get to know people get to know their stories i realized that he's from the same state as me in india uh, marashtra and i'm um i speak marathi that's my native tongue mm-hmm. so we just instantly became really comfortable he's very respectful very genuine soul and so he was getting into djing as well so then i started helping him with his craft and now he's he's a fantastic dj you know so we started a party in san jose together so it's all been about collaboration it's all been about uh working with people that organically came into my life mm-hmm. that i felt like they did not want to take anything from me or anything you know it was about us working together and growing together so san jose was going amazing 
but I really wanted to bring it to San Francisco because um, I've had this passion to bring this music and dance to places where I feel like people wouldn't otherwise find it. You know, I get a kick out of it. Like one of the first weddings I did was at an Orcas Island, um, you know, all American. I think I was the only Indian person there and <laughs> wow. going and DJing a wedding, you know. So I really enjoy doing those things. It, I think goes back to my dad being in the Air Force mm -hmm. in India and me getting to know how diverse India was early on through being in the Indian Air Force and celebrating all of the various holidays and stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And my dad's really friendly too, so I think I take from him um, with my nature being like that. So we started doing San, Fran uh, San Jose, then moved to San Francisco. There's a big club called Ruby Sky, mm -hmm. uh, one of the biggest uh, clubs in San Francisco. And they had a, a basement club called Slide. And it was just the perfect setup because mm -hmm. a lot of people, uh, Ruby Sky would get sold out and they would still want to do something and they would stumble into Slide. And then they would fall in love with what, what we were doing. So I was getting 300, 400 people monthly wow. in Slide, you know. And then Ruby Sky closed down and it's now a bowling alley. <laughs> and then I've had the hardest time of finding a, a genuine professional uh, venue that would want to bring culture, you know. Right. So I've kind of been experimenting with cities for a long time. And um, uh, your mom's house was really interesting. It, it came to me through Dan uh, Denver. Sorry, Denver was very yeah. interesting mm -hmm. because it came to me through a, a dance workshop that I gave here in Portland for NIA, which is a movement. Uh, it's like um, it's movement and uh, martial arts, uh, mm -hmm. you know, empowering, really amazing. But that's where I teach my dances for dance classes for the last seven years. And so those people have me over for a master workshop for their black belt um, trainings. Wow. And so I gave this one workshop that was, you know, sometimes you're in a flow zone and like something amazing happens. And that thing happened and that we all kind of know, but you, you don't know, you cannot predict when it comes, right? <laughs> and so that workshop coincidentally had teachers from all over the world. And they, like so many of them, um, wanted me to come and want me to come and teach in their uh, studios. Mm -hmm. So um, one of them, Dana, has a studio called iBody in Denver. And so she uh, reached out to me and said that I have a beautiful studio. I would love for you to come and teach a dance workshop. And so I was working from a cafe and um, um, I was like, you know what? Why don't I just go on Yelp or Google and look for a nightclub? Maybe I can combine something, you know, do a workshop because it doesn't make sense to just do a workshop going all the way to Denver. And I went on Yelp and your mom's house, a name called your mom's house. And I was like... <laughs> Great name for a place. Yeah, I was like, if, if there's a place called your mom's house, I have to at least reach out to them. <laughs> so I... And, you know, it was an instinct thing. I felt like this was the right time to just pick up the phone and call. And I literally just did that. And the owner, Justin, uh, picked up the phone and we talked and we just hit it off. And then all of a sudden I had a... A party in Denver set up and a workshop set up and, and that's been going really 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 good so I uh, um, this last um, 
Saturday night I was at Denver and I had the highest turnout there. I think 300, 350 people wow. in Denver. So, um, and then New Orleans I've been doing for over two years. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. You're just yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am, uh, I am just enjoying it so much, you know. I'm kind of like packing it in as much as I because I started late at 27. I started at 27. So right. I, yes. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans has been amazing. I I specifically do Afrobeats and Bollywood mm-hmm. fusion nights there. Um, in fact, I'm also working on an album right now called Afro uh, Desiac. It's a word on uh, play on words. Okay. Yeah. Afro Afrodesiac, oh. right? But Desi for the Desi being from the Indian subcontinent. Right. So uh, we have made four tracks already, and I'm so stoked because I'm kind of <laughs> mixing the the Jersey Club. Um, uh, Baltimore club hits mm-hmm. uh, style beats like really fast beats um, with Afrobeats uh, vocals and and Bollywood vocals and wow. it's it's such energy it's insane yeah so all of these club nights are, are you the primary DJ for all of these are you getting in other folks because I know the show that you're having on the 10th anniversary show which is happening on remind me of the date if you don't mind uh, yeah no, no January 31st on yeah. Friday yeah so on Friday January 31st the, the 10th anniversary Jai Ho here at the Whiskey Bar um, you are there is a guest DJ as part of that but is that something that you try to encourage for other club nights so you can sort of hand it off to someone else if you can't make it to a particular venue or, or no even? there's never been a Jai Ho party we've done over 300 so far and there's never been a party that I haven't done I wow. I have to be there because I'm also the the person who makes sure the door person is there, the photographer is there, ex, ex, the 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 venue gets paid. Like I'm kind of like I uh, for these last five days I had a suitcase with masks that I was taking to every venue because except for Portland every other party was a masquerade, so I had like thousand masks with me. Wow. So I was setting up those masks as well, and uh, it just depends on which city we're talking about. So sure. in Portland for New Year's Eve I DJed all five hours, mm-hmm. and that's how. I have kind of grown my party and my business is by DJing five hours nonstop. But if there is somebody that is either up and coming or if they're established and they're willing to and wanting to work with me, I love that. I love working with other people. It's it's amazing how many other DJs uh, I have invited to at my dance parties. you know, Jai Ho is coming up on 10 years, but Dance United, which is my other dance party, which is very focused on bringing distinctly two different DJs of two different cultures. And, um, you know, obviously, given the fact that I'm Indian and I have a strong Indian following, mm-hmm. we always have it like Bollywood, but it's like Afrobeats, Bollywood, uh, Turkey, Bollywood, Turkish Bollywood or Latin Bollywood fusion nights, you know. So it's been really lovely to work with uh, other DJs. I really enjoy that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more questions, and we'll yeah. get, you out of, uh, get you out of here. <clears throat> now, as you've been bringing all of this music from India and in Indian subcontinent to these parties, um, have you been able to yourself like DJ in India? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. tell me about that experience of being, you know, you know, a native son of this country and coming back there with this new skill and it, showing it off to your people. You know, I have like goosebumps um, even as you say that because yeah. uh, when uh, my first party, uh, I am all my family came from the woodwork. Oh, so that's like, wonderful. Uh, like 80% of the people were basically my family and there were 200 people there, you know. <laughs> so, um, so it was uh, quite amazing. And in fact... Um, in, I've had the opportunity to DJ a lot of weddings. And what happens at weddings is, here in the U.S., mm-hmm. is uh, oftentimes a big chunk of people 
come from India to attend the wedding, right. you know, because weddings are really important for our uh, for my community. And the people from India, they will make it a point to come to me um, and tell me how much they enjoyed this. Uh, because I think what I do with the, the fact that, I, you know, I've had to uh, teach dance classes, so many of them. Uh, lead people into dancing all the time using the microphone and DJing. I think that combination, particularly Indian people in in India, love that. Mm -hmm. We love entertainment, you know. Any time, 10 out of 10 times, people from India will prefer a DJ who was more interactive, who was sort of like more larger than life, you know, because Bollywood's so big and Bollywood's all about that. So in India, the response I get is tremendous. Um, Having said that, I've never made an effort to try to do club nights in India um, for a very simple reason. I keep extremely busy working here. Mm -hmm. And when I go to India, I go for like two weeks um at the most and i want to spend all that time with my family you know makes a lot and, of sense yeah so like family first and then everything else after that you know so well it's really exciting to hear how supportive your family is of all these endeavors of yours uh now as some of i don't know if any of our listeners know this excuse me let me re- rephrase that one of the big exciting things you have coming up beyond the 10th anniversary party is your own wedding, which is happening in February, um, happening in India. Um, you've DJed weddings. You've you know thrown parties at weddings. Um, do you have anything planned for that? Are you, <laughs> right? are you figuring you, all that out oh for yourself? God. Are you DJing your own wedding? That is the number one <laughs> question I get. Like I'm I, sure. I don't I don't I don't. It's like so many people are not interested. Like oh, what's the name of your you know soon to be wife? I think the first question <laughs> is always like, are you DJing your wedding? And and, you know, I'm going to have um, India, one of India's um, um, most experienced DJs. He's been DJing for 35 years and a very dear friend of mine. His name is Akbar Sami. Mm-hmm. I've hosted him here in Portland. He's done music for soundtracks, for movies and stuff. Um, very dear f- uh, brother of mine. He, he will make sure to visit my family even when I'm not there and stuff. So he's going to be there. Um, another huge DJ, DJ Lemon, DJ Rink. I have a lot of friends in the Indian DJing community because I've invited them over and um, hosted them at my parties. Mm-hmm. And then, but beyond that, we've become really close. And so they're all going to be there. But what I would love to do is uh, hire a local DJ uh, so that I am contributing to the local economy. Um, in Nasik, in my, in my small town. And then hopefully my uh, uh, one of the newest people who joined my team in Seattle, um, his name is Lakshay. Um, if he's going to be there, then I'm going to hand... Because... Um, you know, hand out the 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 thing to him so he can DJ and we all can just have fun. You know, and I'm I'm for the most part a very easy uh, party goer. Like as long as you are not completely messing it up, like I I will just dance. You know, even if you play full songs, you don't mix or something. I don't care. I love music too much, and I'm not gonna waste my time. I'm gonna dance. You know, so I'm very easily pleased. It's gonna be a great time. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. So you have. Uh, your wedding on the horizon, the 10th anniversary of Jai Ho at the Whiskey Bar on the 31st. What happens beyond that? Do you have things planned out for the rest of 2020? Not actually, you know, uh, not really. Okay. I, I have uh, marches uh, when I get colored. I have do, you've, you've heard of Holi, right? The col- Festival of Colors. Yes. I, I usually do eight or nine of those parties. Uh, across the U.S. Wow. So uh, there's going to be one in Seattle, one in Portland. Uh, I'm really excited. DJ Manoj um, started a venue, uh, Portland-based DJ Manoj started a venue recently. So we're going to do a holy party there. Uh, Meow Wolf in Santa Fe. 
Oh, cool. Um, yeah, we're going to, um, uh, hopefully that'll work out and we're going to do a holy party there. So I have those things. But beyond that, um, not, I don't really have a lot of big things planned. I think I would rather sort of um, enjoy the person that I'm getting to um you know, I'm getting married to and, and connect. <laughs> so I think this year for me is going to be a lot of that. And I was telling um, Elliot Jaira, my producer, that uh, the music that I want to put out this year, I want to be really intentional mm -hmm. and um, make less. We've made so much music and we've only released like a fraction of it, you know. And I want to now not necessarily just make a lot of music, mm -hmm. but make one song, but very intentionally, you know. So that's something that I'm really excited to do in 2020 Excellent. as well yeah and it's also going to be a year that I believe all the hard work that I've done laying foundations in Denver in New Orleans in LA in San Diego in San Francisco I, I think I, I foresee uh, 2020 as um, being able to have successfully have Bollywood nights in, in various cities and these last five days leading up to the New Year's Eve was the perfect example because mm -hmm. I had near sold out crowd at each of these cities and it was just amazing. That is really wonderful. good vibes all the way, you know. Well, DJ Prashant, congratulations on 10 years of Jai Ho. Congratulations on your upcoming wedding. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me and Jai Ho. Virangi girl in downtown LA Bula ke chai pe mujhe Baate kare to dil fisle Dilli se aya mein that's all for this edition of World of Noise. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear past episodes, head over to xraypod.com to download episodes or to subscribe to the podcast version of the show so you don't miss another installment. Be sure to come back next week as I'll be joined by Keely Davis, who is a former member of post-hardcore bands Engine Down and Sparta and is a current member of the beloved rock group At The Drive-In. He joined me to talk about his musical past and his current heavy rock project, Via Veil, which finds him playing with Red Fang drummer John Sherman and bassist Jeremy Walsh. That's next week on World of Noise. Until then, thanks for listening. No destination, no manzile Jana kaha pe, no se Jai vaha jaha dil le chale Anjani raho pe Do dil mele Bante hi ban gaye Ye silsile Desi khara, milke banana Bollywood parties dancing all night Mere gharana, karke bahana If you like it, we can do 